0: We welcome you into a busy Wednesday here in Berea, home of the Cleveland Browns. The Browns 1-1 on the 2019 season after a big Monday night football win over the Jets, 23-3. Some ups, some downs. Well, we're going to break it down for you real quick. We didn't yesterday because, frankly, it was kind of a rough day for us. No one got to bed, I think, before 4 a.m., if I'm correct, on Monday True. night. True. Factual. It's and then we had meetings all
1: day. And this is in, con- in construction studio also.
0: Yeah. Th- this a, lot is of, a lot of uh, variables at play. <laughs> it, is, it is a total work in progress uh, right now. Gentlemen, let's get right down to it. Takeaways from Monday night's win. I'm going to ask you for one on the offense. One on the defense and one on special teams. Let's go around the horn on offense. First, Gribble.
1: Uh, Offense, I do think there was progress. I do think this was a better offense than the one you saw week one. Uh, But my takeaway is that it's still maybe a little bit too reliant on the big play. And I think that you had basically your two passes to Odell in that game, the 33-yarder at the beginning, and then obviously the 89-yarder that clinched it. That was the best your offense had throughout the game. You had a long pass to Dearness Johnson, just a not enough – sustainable drives uh for my liking uh but it was more than enough uh in this game so it's good to have progress in a win but still so much more to to get better at
2: Uh, offensively number one it's good to have Odell Beckham Jr. on your team I think everybody knows that um but I I thought we had got a better game from the offensive line Uh, it seemed like Baker had some more time to throw he was pressured at times he did get sacked a couple times but uh, overall, I think that was much improved, which I know a lot of people were concerned with after week one. So hopefully uh, they can sleep easier now after that game. And uh, but like Gribble said, you know, it's you, you still need more consistency in your offense and and the ability to move the chains. Four for thirteen on third down is not going to cut it against a team like the one that the Browns are going to be playing this week. So uh, that needs to improve.
1: And the thing is, it wasn't a lot of third and longs. No, no, this, no. you you weren't in trouble with penalties in this game. So these were third and manageables that, that weren't getting
0: converted. More Nick Chubb, my takeaway. Yeah, I'm just going to keep pounding that drum. Like, I, I need him on the field on third and two. <laughs> and we, we didn't see that in some things. Um, I, I just think he is such a big piece of this puzzle. You've got to find ways to get him the ball to make plays, whether it's throwing it, whether it's running it, more Nick Chubb is what we need.
2: Yeah, 22 total touches in this game and came really close to 100 total all-purpose yards, but only 18 carries, yeah. And especially in a game that you led the entire game, should be running the ball a little bit more, especially in that fourth quarter yeah. after that Odell touchdown. Yep. Uh, defensively, shook. We'll start with you first takeaway. Uh, that the front seven is just doing wonders, and you know Le'Veon Bell is a really good player, and and even though he was probably their best performer offensively, him or Robbie Anderson, um, he he still wasn't that much of a factor. I mean, that's how good this defense is. They they got they stiffened um, in you know fourth and two in their red zone. They they forced the Jets to turn the ball over on downs because of playing proper technique, uh, forcing Bell back inside when he wanted to get to the sideline and try to win the race to the sticks, and then made a nice tackle in open space to limit him there. Uh, that was the kind of game that they had overall for the most part. Now, you could look at Luke Falk's stat line and say, well, he was 20-25 for 198 yards, and his passer rating was almost 100, and this is a guy who's a third-string quarterback. That's concerning, right? Well, not, not necessarily, because the Jets had to throw the ball a lot, and, and uh, the Browns were, again, working with the lead, and especially by the fourth quarter, a 20-point lead. So, uh, I it, it, this this team's gonna go as this defense goes. I think for this first half of the season, or at least for the next few weeks, just because the offense still needs to kind of figure it out. And in week one, it kept them in the game until the fourth quarter. And in week two, it it kind of won the game for them. So because the next very next play was the Odell touchdown pass, and you don't get that opportunity uh, if you don't get that stop. So great game from the defense. Gribble.
1: Uh, it's early, but the Browns may have found something in Greedy Williams. Uh, he. There was a rotation in game one. There was no rotation in game two. He played all but one snap. Ter- Terrence Mitchell did not play uh, on defense in this game. So, and from my uh, pro football focus, has rated him the top rookie corner so far. From my eyes, it doesn't look like teams are really throwing on him. Uh, he's not uh, letting guys get open. Granted, this is a much, the Jets are a much different team than the Rams at wide receiver. Uh, and they were dealing with Luke Falk instead of, uh, you know, a starting quarterback. But, Uh, he's handled the challenge very well and and doesn't look like a a rookie out there, has not been exposed uh, yet. I'm sure he's going to have his moments coming up as a a rookie. Uh, But right now it looks like the Browns have found a starting corner and it's it's their second-round pick.
0: Uh, I would say for those – say whatever you want. Uh, we've seen positives and negatives said about Joe Schobert. He makes plays. Oh, he was all over the field. Joe Schobert had himself maybe a, his best game as a professional. Yeah. on Monday night, it was pretty impressive.
1: Well, and you needed it because this was this reminded me a little bit of the Ravens game last year when you had you knew a team was going to try to run and had a, had stars at running back, uh, and the linebackers didn't play well against the Ravens. But they're the reason why Le'Veon Bell really never he had a ton of touches, ton, ten catches, twenty plus carries, but never really had a, a big play until the end when he fumbled the ball after that long
0: reception sure Uh, a very very impressive performance special teams i don't want to say takeaway but your thoughts on the special teams monday night
1: i mean is there a more improved area on the team right i mean
0: boy when you don't let the team knock on wood
1: i mean when you don't let the team return a punt that's 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 a step in the right direction they've had one punt returned the, the entire season on them it's been for five yards uh so scottish hammer's doing exactly what he needs to do and uh, even kickoff coverage that the, the the I forget even the returner's name decided to return that one early in the game. Got out to the 15 yard yeah, line and yeah. then he was kneeling it one yard inside the end zone. After that,
2: that and yeah, you got to give credit to Austin Seibert, who is who was a perfect four for four uh, on Monday night with his kicks, and also is doing a great job of hanging the kickoff on the goal line. I mean, it's really hard to down the, <laughs> the ball in the end zone if you're catching on the goal line. Yeah. Guess what? You can't. You have to return it. And, uh, and so he's done a really good job of that and really has bounced back well f- after missing that extra point in the opening weekend. And, you know, right now he's trending upward. It looks like he's, you know, starting to really get, get some consistency in his fundamentals and the way he's kicking the football. And it's a big boost for the Browns.
0: Yeah. Pretty impressive indeed. And Gillen, the AFC special teams player of the week, not bad for a rookie.
2: He's already
1: had eight inside the 20 yard line so far. And then, like I mentioned earlier, one returned. He's, he's maybe basically his first punt was not good in the the Titans game, but he got a a very good role in that, and everything else has been exactly what you needed.
0: Game balls. Let's go through it. Uh, One for offense, one for defense, and I'm going to make you give me one for special teams. Gribble, game balls. Who would you give out your three game balls to?
1: Uh, I'm going to steal Odell Beckham Jr. from you guys for offense. That's the easy one. Uh, Anytime you put up 160-plus yards, six receptions, and two game-changing plays, that's going to be good enough for me. Uh, Defense, I'll go Joe Sjobert because he was all over the field and really – didn't allow the the Jets to get any big plays out of their running game or short-passing game. And then special teams, I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry, who looks – I mean, you don't want this to be a long-term thing, I guess, no. but he's not afraid on punt returns, and he brings a little something extra to it. And I, I mean, I know we've seen – I think Dontrell will be the guy moving forward, but there is a reason why he is the X-Factor spark guy because he – he does this with reckless abandon when he when he gets the ball, and he had he had a couple really good returns on Monday,
2: yeah, he was really close to breaking one. He was really angry because he tripped he was he was basically one cut away from maybe ripping a, a long return and he was so angry that he just pounded the ground repeatedly while he was on it uh, out of frustration but I think offensively uh, my game ball is going to go since I can't take Odell Beckham jr I'm going to go with Nick Chubb because that touchdown run he had and and the persistence in the carries that he did get um you know we all know he's a hard runner, but they ran a lot of inside zone, a lot of zone stretch plays, and the Jets did a good job of stringing it out and clogging up running lanes early. By the second quarter, you could tell the Browns had started to get a little bit of footing up front, and Nick Chubb made the most of it with his touchdown run. He also had four catches in the game for 36 yards, continually improving as a uh, pass-catching back, which will be really important for this offense going forward because when he's on the field, you have to first respect his ability to run the football, but also you eventually they need to develop an equivalent respect for him to catch the ball out of the backfield and really making that dynamic player, and I think he's getting toward that, and, and games like this will help him with that. So, you know, even though the stat line wasn't huge, uh, he was a, a key contributor on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I know he got the two penalties, but he still had three sacks, and this is something that we're starting to see. We saw this in the preseason a little bit, and especially in and as well as in joint practices, and maybe not so much in Week 1, but... I mean, he, he gets pretty close to breaking the will of an opposing left tackle in a game. And, and he had his way with Kelvin Beecham in that game. He had had forced Kelvin Beecham into, uh, I think it was a couple holding flags uh, in that game. And he makes guys uncomfortable, and he also makes quarterbacks uncomfortable. So, you know, penalties aside, he had an excellent game. And then special teams, we're going to have to go with Austin Seibert. You know, for Scottish Hammer got his love already from the, from the league with the uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week Award. We're going to go with Austin Seibert, who is really stringing together some nice kicks. So... You know you you try to win in order to win in football, you try to win in all three phases of the game, and I think they did that in this game
1: we've seen so many times where and it's happened to the Browns instead of the Browns doing it with what the Browns did to the Jets at the end of that first half, where I had no feeling that the Browns were even going to get the ball back. They somehow fool the Jets into yep. mismanaging their timeouts. Uh, during that entire sequence, and then you make the one big throw and then the big kick. I mean, I think that kick was huge because you miss it, then the Jets are feeling good about themselves going into halftime that they're only down 10, but then you make that, and it's just such a backbreaker where you did, the Jets had to be thinking that they were going to be going in 13-3 no matter
0: what. Uh, that catch by Jarvis Landry yeah, maybe one of the best plays in the first two weeks of the season. That was going to be
2: the point I was going to make. is Talk about the guts in that play to yeah. to catch that ball and hang on after he gets hammered from behind to make that first down, 25-yard pickup on a 3rd and 20 and then just enough time for you to get up there, spike it and kick well, that field and goal. And
0: having the wherewithal to get up and th- motion to his teammates and anim- I mean he was very animated. Right. Let's go. Come on.
2: Right. I, I
1: do wonder field. if you if he was short of the sticks, would 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 the team have been able to get the field goal unit out fast enough to make that kick. I think so. It would have been a, it would have been tight.
2: The spike put what? 6 seconds left on the clock? Yeah. Something around that spike time was it 5 or 6 seconds? 5 or 6 seconds, Oh, that would have been really tight. Yeah. It would have been a good test.
0: Because
1: they got up there to spike pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was impressive how it, quick they got up there. It was good execution from, and this is funny because you talk about it, this is the thing that usually happened to the Browns in past years. Usually you would see them mess that up. So to see them do it so precisely, so effectively and, and efficiently, it was, it was refreshing.
1: Uh, I mean, there's got to be a stat with the, the, for the 2015 through 17 Browns, the amount of points allowed in the final two minutes of the first half was just through the roof. Like, it was just – it was like clockwork every yeah. single game. And it kills
0: game. you going into the locker room. Yeah. You're right. All the momentum in the world. The best part of that, too, is after they, after they uh, you know, snap the ball and, and Baker downs it thing they get the field goal unit. Like, Jarvis is jawing at everybody. Like, his own teammates, he's, he's all fired up. Cybert's running out of the field and he grabs Cyber basically and is like let's go go make this kick right I, I just laid myself out here let's go do this that's
2: the guy you need in your locker yeah. room and on your team and the good thing about that too is he's always aware and always in control no matter the situation he's always aware of down and distance and what needs to be done and also which teammates he needs to fire up
0: yeah uh I'm gonna give my game ball to the offensive line much better effort this week yep uh, obviously last week you were asking a lot from a lot of different guys. Yeah. And we, we saw a much better performance. Still work to do. Still progress needs to be made. But, you know, for a defense that they were going up against and you knew Greg was going to throw some things at them, they, I thought they handled things about as well as they could. This week is an even bigger challenge, obviously, with the Rams. Uh, Morgan Burnett on the defensive side before he got dinged up, uh, I thought really had himself a nice game. He's had a couple good yeah, first two games here of 2019 I thought he played well as well you've given the game balls out to the special teams Charlie Hewlett there we go hey
2: for, we, n- none of us snapper. mentioned the Scottish hammer well no we did in passing because yeah, you know he already got the, yeah, honor he, got with, the AFC, he got the award yeah,
0: he got the big award he doesn't need our award yeah. that's the way I yeah. look at it at yeah. least. uh unsung hero from Monday night
1: I'll go with the Browns defensive tackles because I think that Miles obviously had a, a great game and he was the one getting those sacks but I think there was a lot of times where he was obviously dominating his guy but then Falk or Simeon, we're dealing with a collapsed pocket in the middle, too. And it's it set up a lot for what he's been doing. A lot's been made about how much Vernon's going to help Garrett. But I think the, the combination of Richardson and Joby is really helping what Miles, what Miles does on the outside.
2: Yeah, I love that combination and watching them work, especially from the first snap onward, because every game is an adjustment for an NFL player. You can study all the tape you want, but you don't know until you engage with that guy the first time up front. So these are two forces inside, and they're they're kind of like thunder and lightning, with Sheldon Richardson being the thunder and Larry being quicker. He's being the lightning. And I think they're a big task for anybody to handle. So to watch them on that first or second snap and and the penetration that they get no matter the opponent, it's always really exciting and, and fun to watch. But even though you, kind of, you gave him a game ball, I'm going to say this is my unsung hero is the offensive line because if you go back and look at that Nick Chubb touchdown run just that specifically, we, we spent a lot of time talking about right guard and how it was, it was you know, a position of concern or of question. Joel Batonio and Eric Cush both got to second level and made that run for Nick Chubb. They got, you know, it's a zone play to the left, so you're working upfield at an angle. And, of course, Joel's going to get up there, and he's kind of the front side guy on that play. But Eric gets in there and, and kicks the guy out just enough for, for Chubb to then cut off there, run through a defender that lasts four or five yards and stumble into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, that play doesn't happen if he doesn't get there because he's got an additional defender to make miss. You don't know if the Browns end up in the end zone at that point. They had a similar situation earlier where they didn't end up in the end zone inside the five. And, and because of that block, you know that gave you your first touchdown of the night. And even earlier on that Odell Beckham catch, one-handed grab, right? Everybody's paying attention to that. Spectacular play. That throw doesn't get off if those offensive linemen up front don't handle a blitz, from a safety and linebacker who crossed double into the A-gap and also Nick Chubb stepping up and filling that as well. It was a great blitz pickup, and then Baker got the throw off in the perfect spot for Beckham to make an incredible play. So, you know, unsung hero, offensive line. They don't get the credit even when they play well, but I think they should.
0: Uh, Christian Kirksey for me. You know, we talked about Schobert having a good game. I know Kirksey got dinged up a little bit, but uh, it, it's nice to have him back on the field. And he is playing with, uh, with a real purpose here after getting hurt last year and missing some significant time. And uh, uh, you can tell he loves being out there and he loves being one of the leaders of this football team. And he played well on Monday night. Uh, the injury report, we returned back to the field today. Uh, uh, nice to see Dontrell Don Tra- Hilliard back doing some things. Uh, Richard Higgins. Limited, obviously, uh, we'll have to watch and see how that progresses during the week. You know, Kirksey not going to practice today. I-, I don't believe Ogunjobi was practicing today. No,
1: it's and you're also looking at Demarius Randall, Morgan Burnett, Darius Taylor, Kirksey, Ogunjobi, Chris Hubbard, David Njoku, and Kendall Lamb. Still, a lot of guys. Yeah, not practicing. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday after a Monday night game. Yeah, so we'll we'll pay attention to this moving forward. But I mean, I think you're looking at. A potential of a few starters being out for this game Sunday.
0: And you need those secondary guys back if at all possible. Yeah. Based on what you're going to be going up against.
1: I mean, it might be a, a tall ask for Demarius to get back in time, but
0: we'll just have to yeah, wait and see. I mean, he's in protocol. Yeah. So, so that
1: that could be a tough one, but I thought Eric Murray and Whitehead played very well yeah. uh,
0: on Monday. Any thoughts on the injury front, or what are you looking for this week as we get ready for the Rams
2: how do you adjust to the likelihood that David Njoku's not going to play? Because you did see the passing offense take a little bit of a hit once he went out with his uh, concussion on what appeared to be a very scary hit, and luckily it was only a concussion. It could have been much worse. Um you know, so how do, how do your tight end group, how does it adjust? You know, Baker kind of gave some credit to Ricky Seals-Jones in the press conference afterward for being able to come in in those three tight end sets, but now you're looking at Demetrius Harris as the one. There was a couple opportunities for him to make some plays uh, in the game, and he did not. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of had an up and down first season with the Browns, but he's very talented. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I think he's extremely athletic and I think he might embrace the number one tight end role in the absence of Najoku this week. And then, you know, how does the rest of the group follow suit? Farrell Brown, Seals Jones, can they come in and make an impact? Can you throw in the multiple tight end packages against a team that's going to, you're going to need some additional blockers up front because Aaron Donald is going to require a double team on every play. Or almost every play because he's just that good and oh by the way there are other good defensive linemen on that line yeah, Michael Brockers is very good Clay Matthews off the edge is an outside linebacker who's going to rush also still very good they gave the Saints fits last week especially after they lost one of their starting guards in the middle of the game so you're going to need to dedicate a tight end or two to blocking those guys we talked about this in the Tennessee game oh we're gonna have to dedicate two guys to Miles Garrett we're going to have to do that against the Rams this week, and, and uh, it's going to, the, the responsibility is going to fall on the shoulders of guys who maybe didn't think they would be doing that uh, a week or two ago, but now without one of your starting tight ends in there, you're going to need them, so we'll see how they play. Gribble, what are you looking for this week? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just going to be an interesting week in terms of how this team handles. I think this is your first true uh, underdog moment of the season. I think after the first two weeks, you're up and down a little bit, and the Rams have looked really good. And they are the yeah. defending NFC champions, and they've looked the part so far. Uh, this season they won a tough game in Carolina and then dominated the Saints in a game where the Saints lost their quarterback. But I think this, the, the Rams just played really well. And the thing that they've done really well so far is play defense. And I think that's oh, it's almost been more impressive than their offense so far. So this is going to be a tough challenge for, for Baker in the offense. I do think getting back Rashard Higgins potentially is a huge help for this offense. I think they've really missed him. Uh, As kind of that security blanket, third option out there with Jarvis and Odell, I think that helps. Uh, I'm I'm curious about the Chris Hubbard status uh, because I don't. I imagine your your next option is Justin McCray at that right tackle spot, so that that concerns me. So especially against a defensive front like the Rams, I mean, I think especially after Freddie mentioned how much better Hubbard was this game than he was in Week One, Uh, so it's just a tough challenge. But I think that. This The Browns are built to challenge with any team now. This isn't just a game you're just going to throw away because you're injured and the Rams are really good. I mean, you're built to compete with this team, uh, and I think that there's going to be an extra – you got really excited to play on Monday night. This is going to be an extra level of, of juice going into this at your home stadium on a Sunday night when most of the fans have been at the Munio Hall for 12 hours.
2: You know, as strange as it sounds – I think that the Browns had probably the perfect two-week stretch to really prepare them for the environment that they're going to be stepping into on Sunday night. Because let's look at this. The season opener, there was a ton of energy, maybe too much energy and adrenaline, and it might have negatively affected the way that they played. Certainly, they got a little bit out of control uh, with the personal fouls and you know the emotional penalties that they uh, incurred in that game, and which was eventually a loss. Then they go on the road, and what kind of felt like a must-win game played on Monday night, and played pretty well for the most part. Went in there and got a 20-point win. And now, so they've got a little bit of the experience, the whole the bright lights of, of primetime don't really have the same effect because you just played in primetime. And you're coming home, but you're not expected to win like you were in week one. There's going to be a lot of doubters this week. So I think they're going to play that underdog role perfectly, and the stage is not going to be too big for them because they just stepped off of it last week. It's almost like you got your not your dress rehearsal, but you've got that first one out of the way. and Now you can really come in comfortably.
0: You had an ugly opener in front of your fan base. You can't have another one. No. Yeah. You, you really can't. Uh, you've got to show up and show out on Sunday and, night.
1: And I never would have thought this just a few weeks ago, thinking I'm not really worried about the defense against the Rams offense. It's the other way around right now. Um, uh, that's, I, I wonder if you can score enough to win this game because I think when you look at the defense they gave up a ton of points in that first game and then three this this la- latest game but even in that first game you really didn't have a team march down the field against you with doing what they do on no. offense the one lengthy drive the Titans had was penalty uh, infused they had the one big play to Derrick Henry and then a bunch of short fields after turnovers So I, and then obviously a, do- a completely dominant effort against the Jets so I, I feel like the defense is in a good spot right now. They've got a couple injuries, but I think they can overcome those. The offense is what I think needs to, to step up and rally behind some of these injuries that might might hurt what they really – because no 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 one on offense will admit that they've really hit their stride yet because they haven't.
2: And I might sound like I'm pl- trying to play the optimist role here, but I'm not. This is just a genuine thought here, that you're actually pretty well situated based on what we saw last year out of Freddie Kitchen's play calling uh, I- I- with your coach. I mean y- – you for a game like this, you're going to need to shorten the field at times. You're going to need to complete quicker passes, shorter passes. You're going to need to rely on the run game a little bit more, and you're going to need to rely on maybe playing the flats a little bit because you're not going to have all day to throw those those times where Baker has spent, uh, you know, maybe waiting for his first guy to come open downfield and pump faking or patting the ball and then bailing out of the pocket to try to extend the play for him to come open, you're not going to see that as much this week. Or at least they can't prepare to do that as much this week because you have to respect that rush at all times. So I think we're going to see more of what we saw at times last year. I think about the Atlanta game last year uh, where you're just going to see the ball spread around and you're going to see quick passes, short passes, and all kinds of different uh, pre-play motion and stuff like that. I think you're going to see more of that. And we saw a little bit in the run game this week with a lot of runs out of the shotgun. And I think you have the right coach in place to be able to devise a scheme that could help you win this game, even if you are considered the underdog.
1: Someone pointed this out earlier on Twitter uh, a couple days ago. Look at these three defensive coordinators Bakers had to go up against these first three weeks. Dean Pease, longtime defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, been doing it for 30-plus years, and now Wade Phillips. Uh, This has been a a, a rough, in terms of, you're not facing the most elite defenses out there, but led by guys who can know how to scheme you Got and, a few and, more coming it's here. The gauntlet's
0: all sudden yeah. as well. All hands on deck for Sunday to be sure. We are putting the Jets game to bed. We're turning the page to the Rams. Join us later this week for the best podcast available as we get ready for Sunday night football. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. Make sure you subscribe to the best podcast available. Like us, rate us wherever you get your podcast or by logging on to clevelandbrowns.com this has been the best podcast available